going to be talking uh, KU football throughout the show here today. And uh, obviously KU has their season opener at 7 o'clock. Pre-game gets started at 5.30 here on KLWN. And our sister station, 105.9. Yes, Kiss Crew will be here from 4.30 to 6.30. Uh, we also have Lawrence High Football on 92.9 in the Bowl and Bowl929.com. Kent Swanson, a host of uh, Casey Sports Network, is going to join us at 3.45 here. We've got the RCSC Football Trivia Championship at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports is going to talk some sports gambling with us in the middle of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get to our game picks. We also have some more KU football superlatives and uh, a little KU football Missouri State preview and talk, which we're going to do here as RCST is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. But before we get into that, The big conversation of the day so far among KU fans has been what's going on with Jalen Daniels. Uh, There's nothing really definitive out there on Jalen. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? But there are some rumors going around that he's not going to play. Now, we will wait and see. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know if he's not. But if he does end up missing this game, I think it is a gigantic deal. Think so? I think it is gigantic. Yes, I wouldn't go that far. Honestly, if he plays or doesn't play, my opinion of the situation is not going to change really dramatically. Uh, I wanted to preface this whole conversation by saying I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about medical stuff. I just play a doctor on the radio. I pretend. Okay. That set aside, when it comes to the injuries that it sounds like Jalen is dealing with, back tightness type injuries, there are certain types of injuries that we know can be more nagging-type injuries, injuries that can be recurring or can flare up at various times and kind of have don't have a lot of control over. It seems like that might be the case here with Jalen Daniels. He might be dealing with a type of injury that he might feel fine one day and he might wake up the next day and have some trouble. So the fact that he's not, he potentially could not play in this game against Missouri State doesn't really change my view on any of that. I mean, if he doesn't play, I'm not going to be very extremely alarmed if he does play and he looks maybe not great or whatever, I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to overreact one or the other. To me, this doesn't change anything about how I view the situation, which is, I, I expect it to be something that's probably going to be a more of an ongoing type injury, which is very frustrating, I'm sure, for a lot of KU fans. But I think it is going to be one of those things where it might be just a week by week situation of some weeks it might feel great, other weeks it might not feel very great. See, that's so. why it's a big deal to me that it is not going to be something that at this point I feel like is going to go away this year. Yeah, but I, I kind of already have reached that level, honestly. I kind of already reached that point of, okay, this is probably something that we're just going to have to deal with for a good chunk of the season. But see, then that's Which a big deal to me. That's a big deal to me. I if don't it's, think it's if something it's that point. If you told me that Jalen Daniels is going to miss tonight's game and that's it, that's the only, and, and his back's going to be completely better next week, it is not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. I don't think that's going to be the In case a vacuum, though. this, yes, that, that's where it's a big deal to me. And it's a big deal, too, because, um, we go back to when it was talked about in fall camp, and the first comments from Lance Leipold were that if it's a big deal in a week, we'll talk about it then. Then we came a week later, <laughs> and it was, oh, we're not concerned. He's still not practicing, but it's not a big deal. But it's like, well, week before you said this. Yeah, then dude, a week we, later, same thing. Yeah. Then it kept going. Dude, and then we, we got that whole song week. and dance for yes. like a month. Yes. And so it just didn't make sense. And and then we get to this week, and when asked about Jalen Daniels, there were a lot of weird comments from, from Lance Leipold that we were like, why is he saying it like that? Why is he being asked about, is he starting? He's kind of like dancing around it in a weird way, but sort of saying he is. And now I think we know the answer. The answer could be that 
maybe it's because he's just not good to go. Now, maybe maybe this goes back in line with what I said earlier this week, that maybe he was leaving himself an out in case something flared up for Jalen, because maybe that's exactly. what happened. Maybe Jalen yeah. was okay, and, and again, I don't know. Maybe Jalen's going to play tonight. Maybe none of this matters. Maybe this is all rumors and hearsay, but um, it's certainly something to monitor, something to watch, and when you when you add up Jalen Daniels' past history with injuries, even something small, even something minor, like this could be, if it's going to nag over the course of the season, if this is going to have a week-in, week-out, day-in, day-out effect on your season at the quarterback position, it is a gigantic deal. I mean, this is this is the Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year. Yeah. So, this, you know, this isn't just happening to some weird offensive lineman or something like that. Um, it's about the big picture of how him missing today basically indicates that Despite all the talk that the this was not a big deal, yeah. the bulletproof line, all that is not real. All that is not real if he misses today's game. So that's how I feel about this. Or it would have been one thing if, if KU, if Lance Leipold a week ago, two weeks ago, ripped the Band-Aid off and was like, listen, he's dealing with this back injury. We think he's questionable for week one, or we, we don't think he's going to play week one. That would feel better than this was. This was getting your hopes up. It's going to be okay. It's not a big deal. Now it is a big deal. That, to me, feels worse and feels like it is worrisome for the rest of the season and how this is going to have an impact. Yeah, I think my, my worry level is definitely pretty high. But, again, I just – I don't know, man. I don't, I've, always, I've kind of already settled myself on the mindset of that this could be something that is, we're going to be talking about long term. What I will say, though, is this. Anybody who was happy or was looking forward to or was excited about Jason Bean possibly not being on this team this season after what happened at the end of last season, they need to apologize. Because without Jason Bean, you would be rolling out a freshman walk-on walk quarterback in this game. So it's critical that he that Jason Bean came back, that he is who he is and that he stayed with this program. Because now you're in a situation where you do feel like, okay, Jalen Daniels' health might be in question for some of the games this season, but you have a very reliable backup quarterback who took a big step in the program last season compared to his 2021 season and seems like he still is a guy you can rely on to be a leader, a playmaker, somebody that can still lead this team. So I think that's kind of my other big reaction to this is this situation would be 10,000 times worse if Jason Bean didn't exist or if Jason Bean did what it sounded like he was going to do, which is, you know, finish his football career last season and not come back. I if he doesn't think, return, yeah. you've got Cole Ballard rolling out a quarterback. Well, I do think in that situation, I think Ethan Vasco would have stuck around if, if he was known as the backup. And right now you might be starting uh, Ethan Vasco at this point, if that were the case. Um, so, I, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely interesting. I will say, um, if it is Jason Bean tonight, I think that's a cool opportunity for him after the way last season ended. Absolutely. For him to, you know, have a, have a good showing and, and kind of get the bad taste out of your mouth. Um I put out on Twitter, I thought it was kind of like Matt Saracen vibes. If you've seen Friday Night Lights, you would know kind of what I'm talking about. So there is an opportunity there, but I'll be honest, like if, if Jalen does not go tonight, it immediately changes my mind, and I immediately think of this more as a 4-5, maybe 6-win team. That's how that's how much it changes it for me. Could be. I mean, I think as it goes back to, to seven or eight. I think it goes back to the debate we've had various times, which is how many more wins is Jalen Daniels worth than Jason Bean? And if you settle on, well, he's probably worth maybe two more wins, three more wins, right. and you thought KU was maybe going to win seven or eight games, then you just scale that back to maybe five or six, or yeah, even and, four. And that's the thing. If he misses tonight, obviously it doesn't change. I, we're picking him to beat Missouri State. You know, no surprise there. But. It's Wait, you're picking if, him to beat Missouri State? If he if he's out tonight, 
it's indicative that he's probably going to be out another game. And that, that you feel like the injury is going to be there for another game. You know, so uh, see, I don't. That's where I don't know how true that statement is. I mean, if he's out tonight, I think it's indicative that it's going to be continue to be a nagging injury. But I don't think it guarantees that he'll be out for Illinois or for the game after that or the game after that. I, I think it's just – I think this is going to be more of like – which, again, I want to reiterate, it's very, very frustrating to view it from this way. If it's just a constant – you never really know until later in the week if you're going to have your starting quarterback who also, by the way, is your Big 12 preseason player of the year on the offense. That's very frustrating. But I think that's what this – I think that's what this is going to devolve into. Yeah, I don't know. I uh... – I, it's maybe maybe this derives this frustration from all this derives from you're basically just being flat out lied to like we I don't know I I don't want to like sound too rude here but we go to these press conferences we go ask questions with the coaches and stuff and you just get like blatantly lied to and it just, it just I don't know like like what's the point of going to these things what's the point of hearing from the head coach what are we even doing here you know what I well, mean well I like, mean you go let, back to just, the first the first when this news first broke I think. My immediate reaction was, okay, KU is going to play this very, very close to the vest because of what happened last season. Because of the fact that they had that breaking news of, oh, oh he's going to be out for the year. And then and then KU, I mean, think about how hard KU worked to kind of debunk that. And then ultimately Jalen did return. But the point being that I think because of that and because it's Jalen Daniels, KU's now even more conservative about giving information than they had been even last year. Yeah. about the injury, which, again, as you, as you as you kind of said, from our point of view and I think from the outside point of view, it does make things a bit annoying because you you want to know if you're going to have your Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year preseason quarterback playing. Yeah. And right now it's not a guarantee one way or the other, which which I get that. But, but yeah, I think, uh, think there is going to be a lot more of KU playing this close to the vest because, again, I think last year has impacted a lot of how they've handled the situation this year, which, which rightly or wrongly, however you want to look at that, and that's just the, that's just the reality of it right now. I feel like. Well, it it is as as much as that leaves a sour taste in uh, my mouth, and, and how this whole thing has been handled, and, and certainly could have a big effect on from a negative standpoint on the season. Uh, it is game day today, so that's exciting. Yep. The excitement's in the air for that. KU takes on Missouri State at seven. Pre-game will start right here at five thirty on KLWN. Uh, this is a game you have to win. You have to win this. You know, in, in past years, it was you have to win your FCS game because you don't know how many other chances you're going to have for a win. <laughs> this year, it's you have to win this game to establish that momentum early in the season. And from where you have now gotten to as a program, a loss in this game, you know, really does set you back from a progress and fan attendance standpoint. Oh, a loss in this game is burn it down. <laughs> it's literally burn it down. Uh, I think that's the, the clear answer there. That's my very, by the way, that is my extremely rational, very, very rational, not at all insane take on that. Lose, burn it down. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, in the past, like you said, Kansas playing an FCS school, it was just please win so that we don't have a zero win season or, you know, something like that. So, but now you've elevated beyond that. Now it's you need to take care of business, whether it's Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean. This should be a comfortable game for you. You should be able to go out and control both lines of scrimmage. You should be able to go out and control the game. And you should be able to win by, you know, 20, 25, 30 points in this game against a Missouri, against a Missouri State team that has a new head coach. I know they have a lot of their same coaching staff, but they have a new head coach. They have a lot, some questions also in other areas of their team. This is a, a middle-of-the-road FCS squad. So it's a team that you should be able to beat very easily, regardless of the circumstances surrounding your quarterback, regardless of the circumstances surrounding your program. 
this needs to be a W for KU, and I I think it will be, to be clear. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why KU shouldn't win this game in, in easy fashion. But uh, that being said, like, I think a lot of KU fans probably still have that. Uh, we talked about this last year. A lot of KU fans probably still have that little that little voice in the back of their head that says, hey, KU sucks. They're probably going to lose. You know, worst case scenario, all that stuff. That's probably still in the back of the minds of some KU fans. And I don't know how long it's going to take for that to go away. I certainly still have it in the back of my mind. I don't know how you can after what you've been through for the last decade plus. But, uh, yeah, this should be a game that you easily win, regardless of who's at quarterback, regardless of the situation surrounding everything else. You should be able to go out and control this game and, and get a win. Yeah, Missouri State, they have eight starters back from last year's team. Uh, meanwhile, you have ten starters back just on offense. So uh, you have a lot more starters than them back. You have more coaches back than them. Uh, their head coach, Bobby Petrino, is now the offense coordinator at Texas A&M. Meanwhile, Kansas has literally every one of their coaches <laughs> back. Uh, Missouri State does have 20 players with FBS experience on the roster. So it is a talented team. It's a team that almost beat Arkansas a year ago. I think they're going to be a better defense than they are an offensive team. When you look at what they have back, when you look at uh, just some of the star players that are back, and, and the head coach is obviously on the defensive but side still, of the ball. your offense should be able to do whatever they want against Missouri State. Yeah, I would, I would rather it be like that, to be honest. Um, I, I think that's good because you want your offense to, to do well. Now, there are thoughts flashing in my mind about Jason Bean against South Dakota when KU needed uh, some fourth-quarter heroics, fourth-down heroics in the fourth quarter to, to beat South Dakota in that first year if we are going to see Jason Bean. So that will be very interesting. One thing, though, is, is this is a game that KU needs to dominate on the offensive and defensive line. You're bigger yeah. than them. You're stronger than them. Show it. Impose your will in this game. Dominate on the line of scrimmage. Missouri State was just uh, 41 pass blocking grade on Pro Football Focus last year. 41 wow. as a team. They were just a 51 in run blocking grade. This is not a good offensive line. You have questions about your defensive line with, you know, who's going to step up? Who are the new players? How is it going to come together? How is that going to lead to the defense? But uh, this is a game you should dominate anyway. And it would yeah. go a long way in, in making you feel better about that D-line. It's kind of the same as last year, right, going to the Tennessee Tech game. I think the, the theory was – all right, go out, and you should be able to control the line of scrimmage. You've got bigger, better athletes on both sides of the ball on offense and defense. If you control that aspect of the game, then everything else should be fine. And to their credit, KU did that, right? Devin Neal had 28 yards of carry. Uh, you know, they Lonnie Phelps had three sacks. They got plenty of pressure on the D-line. So if you replicate that, I think you'll feel a lot better about where this team is at going forward because when you get to Big 12 play, when you get into you know facing Illinois coming up, the quality of athlete on the line of scrimmage is going to be significantly higher, obviously, than Missouri State. So you have to really, really be prepared and be ready for that. And this is a game against Missouri State where you have a chance to establish that and say, yep, this is who we are. You know, we've got Dominic Pony left tackle. He's elite. We've got Nowitzki in the middle, who is, you know, one of the best centers in the Big 12. We feel really, really good about our returning starters on the O-line. Omarjay Reed-Adams has gotten a lot of hype. And then on the defense, it's if Jeremy Robinson can have a big game, does does Devin Phillips have a big game stuffing the middle of the defense? Tommy Dunn, DJ Withers. You do that, and I think a lot of questions will be satisfied for the first week in terms of how everything's come together. Because remember the D-line, I think the D-line is getting the wide receiver treatment from last year. Last year, at this point in the season, it was, oh, gosh, you know, the wide receiver room. Is that the weakest position on the team? Uh, you know, what, what do we expect from the wide receiver room? Like, you know, that was the discussion last year. And I feel like this year that's kind of been the D-line. Maybe not to that extreme, though, because now we've had a lot of, we've heard a lot of positive about the D-line. 
But still, that's been the conversation. And so if the D-line comes out and has a strong performance, that will really help maybe mitigate some of those concerns. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We are live at Big Mill. where We have a, a couple segments here, including with Ken Swanson that we had to uh, record earlier in the day, RCST football trivia. But we will be out here live regardless. We're going to be here till 5.30. Then I'll be here with the KISS crew till 6.30. We're going to be giving away all sorts of stuff. we got NASCAR Speedway tickets. we got gift cards to Big Mill. We have T-shirts to give away. And we have KU football tickets. We're going to start giving away the KU football tickets at 4.30. You know what? I'll tell you what, if, uh, if anybody wants to come and, and try to get some KU football tickets right now, actually go for it right now. I'm going to ask you a trivia question, though. You've got to get it right to get a uh, pair of tickets. We've got three yep. pairs of tickets to give away. All right, we'll be back after this time out with some KU football audio. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on KLWN. Depend on it. Out to Big Mill and see our show. As uh, we're a ninth of Mississippi at Big Mill, great spot to stop before the game, or if you want to watch it there, if you don't have tickets, or after. We do have some KU football tickets to give away, NASCAR Speedway tickets given away, and uh, plenty more stuff too. We got some of our new T-shirts, our Home of the Hawk shirts. You can come by and get some of those too. Again at Big Mill, where the Kiss Crew is going to be till six thirty. Our show will be here till five thirty today. Again at Ninth and Mississippi, can't miss us on the way in at Big Mill. Uh, so throughout the week, we got a chance to catch up with some KU football players at KU Football Media Availabilities. How about hearing from Luke Grimm? He uh, certainly sounded like he had a chip on his shoulder this year. Here is uh, one of the starting receivers for KU Football. Brian was just asked about uh, just the fan support and everything. Like, do you guys have a sort of feel on how important these first couple weeks can be to building that for later in the season? Oh, yeah, just like building momentum for the fans to you know fill up every, every single game, sell out every game. These ones are the most important because if we start off strong, they're going to keep coming. Look, when you guys watch Missouri State on defense, what have you seen? Um, they like to play a lot of cover two, um, a lot of trap corners, man, third down and short situations, and we look to have a lot of good plays coming off those. I know you got some young receivers that have joined the program, but Keaton Kubeka being on the depth chart, what have you seen from him? He's, uh, you know, turned a lot of people's heads. He's done really well on special teams and on offense. He runs really good routes, makes his plays, and done really good understanding the offense and making minimal mistakes. What are the most important things that you're trying to focus on in this first week? Um, just, like, dominating the blocking game. Um, just kind of, you know, showing our offense of what we can do to college football, make sure that, you know, people know that this is the most stressful offense in the country, and that's what we're going to do. Hey, Luke, is it different field this year? Going in, not really being an underdog, people putting Kansas up and returning so many guys on offense and the expectations? Yeah, I think that um, people still don't respect us as much as we think we should be. So there's still that aspect of we're coming into every game with a bunch of grit and a bunch of, you know, tenacity. But as far as we're not going to catch anybody sleeping like they're going to be prepared for us whether that's as much as they should be or not it's up to them when you talk about not necessarily having as much respect as you would want where do you think like where do you think people see you comparatively to where you want to be seen um you know i can't really answer that for them that'll be you know when the day comes it comes but as far as we're concerned is you know we're not going to be taken lightly by anybody, and if you decide to take us lightly, then that's your problem. 
So that was Luke Grimm expecting big things from him tonight and this season. Uh, moving to the offensive line, though, Dominic Pooney is a really interesting story. Came in from Central Missouri, was awesome last year as a guard, moved out to left tackle this year, and I'm excited to see what he can do at that position. It's the position he actually played at Central Missouri before coming over to Kansas. Here's a conversation with Dominic Pooney earlier this week. So you're going into last season to make a statement that was kind of the focus. What's the focus heading into this season? Um, so I think we have just bigger goals this season. Obviously, we want to go win the Big 12. We think it's doable. We think we can go um, beat, compete, win any game we play this season. I think last season going into it, it was kind of just like we're going to win, like get to a bowl game. like And uh, it was just different goals, you know what I'm saying? Um, and we're going into this season uh, fully healthy. Like We just feel like we can do it. So a lot of confidence. I would say confidence is the biggest thing, biggest yeah. difference. And I remember I talked to Rich at some point last year, and he always said about keeping that chip on your shoulder. Yeah. And it keeps it going. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do like to find that chip? Or what's the, what, what do you find that keeps you going? To um, I would say we <laughs> – this sounds like cliche and cram, but like, I, I, I hate losing. No matter if it's like me, myself, or the team. And our O-line, I think that's like just – we don't want to be – we want to be the reason like we can win games. And um, that's the chip for us. Like we want to be the – like we want to be very dominant this season. And um, to, like, and we're motivated to do that. Uh, a lot of tough guys up front. But um, I would say, yeah, we just hate losing. That's pretty much the motivation. My last question. What, um, seven home games this season. How does that one extra home game help? For the guys? Oh, it's tremendous. Because – Traveling back after the game and then waking up to come to work out—it's just—it's it's not, it's not the best. But um, staying home, um, you get the home crowd. Obviously, it's there's a lot of benefits to it. No, just no traveling, honestly, because traveling can be kind of taxing a little bit. Thank you. Sorry if I missed this part, but how important is that home crowd? Oh, home crowd super important. Um, last season, the first time we packed out the booth, like we ran out that tunnel, and it was like, oh my gosh, like. This is a whole new Kansas, like whole new team. It's just different. And then we rode, we rode off them. I feel like we were playing off them um, those few games, and I mean we're pulling wins out. Some of those games came down to the end. And I think because we had the crowd, we were able to pull them out. Like they were, they were messing with a lot with the other team a lot. So it's I love it. Fundamentally, what are some of the biggest differences playing guard versus tackle? Uh, guard space, uh, working out space. When you're out at tackle, you're dealing with a lot quicker dudes, longer dudes. Um, so you really got to be like keep your feet moving. To whereas guard, it's like right now, like as soon as the ball snaps, you're like head on head collision. Like um, run blocking at guard is a lot harder than tackle because you're trying to move those big D tackles, like 340 pound dudes. Um, so yeah, I'll say run blocking at guard and pass blocking at tackle. That's like the two big differences. I saw in the athletic you popped up on some rankings for NFL draft prospects for this next year at the tackle position. Um, when you go back to when you were at Central Missouri, did you ever envision that you would have the chance possibly to play in the NFL? I did because only because my older brother made it to the NFL out of Central Missouri. So to me, he he's like my biggest motivation because if he if he didn't do that, I don't know what I don't know because I would have just been a big question. Like, can you even do it out of D two? I've seen people do it, but those are very rare cases. So um, obviously when you come to Kansas, though, like more of a spotlight on you, going against better people. PFF grades you. No PFF in D2. So is that something you pay attention to, the pro football focus grades? Because you you graded out very well last year. I don't pay attention to it. People tell me, though. um, 
I don't, I don't know if NFL scouts are huge on it. I don't, I don't know who's big on it. I guess more for fans to like see like who's better. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and and when talking about your brother, how much advice does he give you over the course of the season? Do you, do you talk to him every week about kind of what's going on? Yeah, I talk to my brother every every week. Um, because he he went against the when he was in the NFL, he went against the best players. So um, I like to talk to him about what he did against like certain people. And um, uh, he played guard in the NFL, so he didn't really go against the DNs. But um, it, uh, yeah, he got a lot of experience. So yeah, I, I talked to him. Switching over to the defensive side of the ball, got a chance to hear from Jeremy Robinson, who they're looking to break out at defensive end. It would certainly help a lot if KU had another player in the vein of Lonnie Phelps, Kyron Johnson. Can Jeremy Robinson be next in line? Had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week. How do you feel about the DN group overall going into the year? Feeling good. We, I feel like uh, I tell my guys this all the time. We have the easiest position on the field, so like we can just be out there being athletes. So I feel like... We're just going to be out there having fun. Hayden is listed as the starter on the depth chart for this week. Just what have you seen from him to impress and to earn that spot? <sighs> Bro, he's just fast and twitchy, and that's the definition of never getting tired. And, yeah, it, he deserves that spot because he, he has the uh, the biggest motor out of us all. What have you seen, just in terms of Missouri State's offensive line, what do you expect in that domain? Uh yeah, I've seen that they're going definitely going to be physical. They're going to be ready to play. They're been like the top team in the F- FCS, and and we're 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 taking on the challenge and treating them like we'll treat anybody else in our on our schedule. Do you have any expectations for yourself this year? Uh yeah, my my expectations are high, but like I'm just gonna keep rolling with yeah. the season, and we're gonna see where we at by the end of it. Is there anything different about the defense schematically this year from maybe last year or the years past? Uh, actually, you say that it's it's actually well, yeah, yeah. There's no difference, but we have we've tweaked some things and touched up some polished some things up. But I think that's why our defense is going to play faster because there's no difference. We we've we've gotten better and gotten used to what we've already seen. Is it just the continuity of being in it now for the third year of the program? Right, 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 right. Just us to the coaches, us to the each other player. So just just putting us together and bonding together for these three years, I feel like this third year is going to be great for our defense. Seems like the defensive line has done a bunch of stuff to, to kind of mesh together and team bonding and stuff. I know you've hosted some, what, cookouts <laughs> and stuff. What are some of the things that you guys have done off the field to, to kind of come together? <sighs> Usually we just eat. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of eating around. But yeah, we just hang out, chill, talk about plays off the field. We don't usually we try to stick away from football when we're not in here. But yeah, we do a lot of stuff, man. What's uh, the the top food that you guys mostly go for? Uh, they talked about breakfast this week, so we might be at IHOP somewhere, maybe. Last but not least, Kenny Logan is playing his final first game at KU football, and uh, certainly he's looking to leave a mark. He already has, helping get this program back to bowl eligibility last season, but looking to put that final stamp onto it this year in his final year at KU. Here is members of the media meeting with Kenny Logan earlier this week. And I guess just looking at Missouri State, like what have you seen on the film-wise? Uh, they're a pretty physical team. Uh, they got a lot of speed, so we got to make sure we respect them and uh, prepare just like we prepare for any opponent. From a defensive perspective, when you're playing a team with two quarterbacks, how does that affect the way that you prepare at all? 
Oh, you just got to always prepare. I mean, we go against two quarterbacks every day with Jalen and JD, so you just got to always be ready and make sure you're taking advantage of any opportunity you can to uh, be in great position to make plays. On the depth chart, uh, OJ and Marvin have an aura between them. Just what have you seen from those guys and how they've improved in recent days? I mean, they've been doing pretty well. Uh, OJ's definitely taking major strides in this program to be a great leader and a great performer on the field, and so have Marvin. So. Uh, those guys are going to be ready to go. Uh, I'm going to be ready to go. Everybody on the, uh, in the secondary will be ready to go. Do you have a goal as a kick returner this year? Uh, nah, it's just to uh, hopefully get the ball in the end zone a few more times to make sure uh, put our team in the best field position that we can. Do you feel like that, that special teams is going to be an area that's been improved from years past? I feel like our whole team has uh, improved. Uh, we focused on the little details all camp to make sure we put ourselves in the best position to go out there and uh, be successful. Uh, if that's on punt, kickoff, or anything like that, we just try to make sure we uh, locked in and did everything we could to be in the best position. Kenny, what are your expectations for fan support crowd size for these first couple weeks? I mean, the same as any other, uh, just come out, uh, try to pack it as much as they can. I know it's Friday night, but just to come out there, we, uh, use their, we use their support. We use their momentum, uh, on big plays, on big downs. So just having them out there is going to be exciting. So hopefully it's a packed house. What's it been like transitioning from the camp schedule into the game week schedule, especially when these first two game weeks are Friday night and it's a little different? Uh, it's been pretty smooth. Coach made sure he tried to, uh, make it as easy as a transition as possible. Uh, so it's been pretty smooth. Uh, nothing's really changed. Uh, we just starting on different days now, but we're ready. Uh, we've been preparing pretty well, so we're excited. Are you feeling sentimental at all with this being your, your last first game? <laughs> I try not to think about it. Uh, that was the first time thinking about it right there <laughs> since you said it. But uh, I try to take uh, advantage of every moment I have. So. When that time comes, that time comes to think about it. But right now, I'm just trying to make sure I'm focused and locked in and trying to help my team be in the best position. Is there any, like, internal fun competition that you guys have in the DB room about, you know, who's going to end up with the most interceptions this year? Of course. That's the biggest one right there is who's going to get the most picks. Uh, we try to always compete with each other. Uh, we try to always raise the, the level and the bar of our room. So anytime we can do something like that, it, it's exciting because we, we get the chance to get an uh, offense back to the ball. Coach Borland talked about you guys starting faster on defense. Does that come from just being locked in from the jump, or how can you kind of get going quicker? I mean, as soon as we hit the field, if that's an individual or anything like that, we got to make sure we're hitting it like when play 60 of a game or something like that. So we just try to make sure we hit the ground rolling and fly around every time we can. Uh, that was Kenny Logan, along with uh, previous clips from Dominic Pooney, Jeremy Robinson, and Luke Grimm here on the show. More from Big Mill coming up as we're going to be talking with Kent Swanson. We had a chance to uh, catch up with Kent of the Kansas City Sports Network earlier today back in studio. So we'll share that uh, interview with you coming up on the other side. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk again. Come on out to Big Mill on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Come on out to Big Mill before the game, and uh, you could win all sorts of free stuff. KU football tickets, NASCAR Speedway tickets, and we got T-shirts, all sorts of stuff. You can't miss us on the way in. Uh, we're recording this actually before the day, so um, 
obviously not able to do the phone live from Big Mill, but Kent Swanson, who is a host at Casey Sports Network, joins us now on the show to talk a little KU football. And uh, him and Brandon McAnderson doing great work so far at the beginning of the season here. A uh, big improvement to go from Scott Chasen to, to Brandon McAnderson. So congratulations for that, uh, Kent. Uh, Kent, I guess first things first, the, the over-under win total for KU is six this season what to you for the team to improve to win seven or more games this year what is the most logical way that you think the team can improve or could improve this year to get to that mark yeah i think it's on the defensive side of the ball you know there's so much known about the offensive side with you know all the returning production you know a lot of continuity over there and this is a good offense that's going to continue to put points on the board I have full confidence in that. It's on the defensive side is, is where, where the questions lie. And um, it's, it's good to have some more continuity there. You know, there's a lot of continuity in the back seven of that defense. So that's always nice. You know, some of these players coming into their own physically uh, is, is definitely a help as well. So um, that's nice to have. It, it's just going to be a matter of, of this defensive line playing at a, a capable level to help improve this defense. Yeah, I mean, how much do you think that continuity is worth when you look at Brian Borland back for year three? I've I've kind of said along the way that, you know, with Andy Kotelnicki, he, he had a little bit more full of a cupboard with what he took over. Brent Deerman leaves him, Jalen Daniels, and Devin Neal was already on the roster, committed to the team. Uh, with Brian Borland, I think there was more from a personnel standpoint they're trying to put together, and, and maybe they still are, but I go back to the days at Buffalo and you know, he, he had better defenses than offenses in, in certain ways in, in a majority of the years that Lance Leipold was at Buffalo. How much is that, that continuity worth? Like, are there, are there certain positions, or is continuity worth more to you on offense than defense or at one position than another? I, I don't know if it's, you know, I think it's an equal opportunity there. Continuity and um, consistency matter, right? And so, you know, I looked at the, I looked at the defense last year, and, you know, I think, you know, they're all kind of coming to their own a little bit. There was definitely some newer names there. Uh, you know, like Craig Young, kind of, you know, he got better and better as the season went on. Taiwan Berryhill starting to, you know, get, you know, pick some things up. Um, Marvin Grant was a, was a, was a guy that, you know, got better and better as the season went on. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, getting, getting another year under their belt, um, with, with a defensive structure that they're working and they're operating with, uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's big. It's really, really big, uh, especially in the back seven of that defense, because I do think there was lots of, you know, missed key reads and, and some coverage busts that led to some big explosive plays. And if they can eliminate those with, you know, with uh, a better understanding of what they're trying to accomplish, I think that can go a long way in making this defense and this team better. There's some, uh, I guess, rumors going around right now. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Daniels. There were some, I guess, non-committal responses from Lance Leipold earlier this week, uh, too, that, that kind of add to the intrigue of who's going to be starting at quarterback. Uh, let's say uh, we'll go the, the path of direction of, of both guys for the sake of this. Let's start with Jalen Daniels. You've played quarterback at the collegiate level, and... I don't know if you ever had to deal with like back injuries, but how, how much do you think that's something that could linger at that position, not just possibly tonight if we do see him, or just kind of throughout the rest of the season? You know, there's an interesting line that you that I've, I hear from time to time talking about you know sports injuries, and, and no one it's, it's no one used to have a bad back. You know, it's 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 something that can linger. It's not something that just you know, you magically just improve your back. It's it's something that typically tends to linger, and it's something that's not going to, you know, typically get better as far as, I mean, like, obviously you can play through some stuff, and but backs are some, 
something you've got to be concerned about, you know, and I don't know the severity of the back, but um, if that is the case, if he's struggling with some, with some back injuries, some back tightness, that, that it raises some red flags for sure. Um, but, you know, it, it's almost, you know, it seems like he's practiced in some capacity this week, which is obviously a good sign, but um, it, it, it could be something that, you know, could be difficult for him to navigate for the entirety of the season. Well, I guess the biggest question I would have is we saw the difference last year when Jalen Daniels wasn't just healthy, but when they were able to use him at full force in the running game, how much that changed the Kansas offense with the ability to run some of the option stuff that they were doing. Would you have bigger questions with the back injury about how that would affect his throwing or maybe the running game? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all of it. How do you use him? Are they having to protect him a little bit from himself? Are they asking to just protect him a little bit, period, because they don't want to overextend him in the injuries that he's trying to deal with? Um, his legs are a dynamic, dynamic asset to this, this team. Um, he runs the ball differently than Jason Bean. I think Jason Bean is a guy that you want to see try to get out on the edge. You know, he's wanting to try to get up the sideline. Um, Jalen Daniels uh, is a guy that he's able to run inside the tackles a little bit more. So that's a weapon and an asset that can make it really difficult on defenses to try to deal with is if a guy can, you know, fit up inside uh, on, on some runs. Um, you can do a lot of different things with him there. So it, it's, it, it's definitely concerning about the outlook for him. Um, but, you know, we, we don't know the severity of what he's going through. So, you know, maybe it is something that, you know, it, it will, you know, heal up enough for him to be able to do the things that made him so special last year. Well, if we don't see Jalen Daniels tonight, if it is Jason Bean, um, what kind of improvements? Because as, as much as there was a difference between Jason Bean and Jalen Daniels last year, the Jason Bean from 2022 was still leaps and bounds better from the, from the 2021 version. Maybe there can be a, a similar jump even forward this year, although the stats were, were pretty astounding a season ago. What are the types of improvements that you would be wanting to see tonight if it was Jason Bean? You know, I, I think Jason Bean absolutely did make some, some strides last year. Um, there's still some inconsistencies in, in throwing the football. You know, I think there's some times he, you know, needs to try to learn to throw a little bit with more touch, a little more anticipation, try to get some balls up and down over middle, you know, mid-level defenders. And that's something I thought he had some struggles with last year, um, just trying to get some balls up and down uh, in, in the intermediate area of the field. So that's something I would be paying attention to, um, just, you know, some of his choices with his fastball. You know, uh, and, and how he kind of navigates anticipation and touch. So those are things that have gotten better for him. Uh, that, that could be a, a really, really helpful for his game. We're talking with Kent Swanson, host of Casey Sports Network, and Booth Review is the name of the uh, KU show that he's doing. We heard from Luke Grimm earlier this week about Missouri State being a big cover two team who plays, uh, switches to, to some man on, on third and shorts. When you hear that schematically uh, about what KU is going to be going up against, is there anything that comes to mind in terms of how KU can and, and should attack that defense? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can you can run the ball a little bit if you're going to play, you know, a too high structure. Um, how they get, you know, you know, some some stuff and you know some run fits in there will be fascinating to watch. Two man is going to be really tricky if they're going to try to play man covered behind a, you know, a cover two uh, or in front of a cover two. That's where the quarterback's legs become really valuable as well. Um, so it, those are a couple of things that I would watch out for. Um, you can beat cover two down the sidelines with vertical shots too. 
And so a Lawrence Arnold, uh, a Quentin Skinner, you know, and honestly, I think, you know, cover two whole throws are something that fits a Jason Dean well if he is going to be the guy. Because we just got done talking about his ability to kind of rifle the football and, and, and drive a football. Those kind of throws down the sidelines to bigger receivers um, where you're trying to drive a ball and fit it, those are areas that you can beat, uh, you can beat cover too. The other areas, you know, just depending, you know, on the, on the, you know, if they're playing more like a Tampa, you can, you can get those intermediate throws that we're kind of talking about too. So there could be a test for Jason Bean to try to throw some, you know, big routes, some intermediate throws up and down over the second level of the defense. Um, those are some things that you might be able to see uh, and get an idea of from Jason Bean tonight. Well, I think everyone needs a guy or two that, that maybe isn't the star player that you can kind of hit your wagon to about being, you know, that's my guy. I think, I think he's going to have a good season or something. Um, I don't know. Do, do you have one of those on, on either end of the ball or on both ends of the ball? Do you have an early uh, favorite guy that, that you think could emerge this season for KU football? Well, one of the guys, like, I, I, I loved what Dominic Puna did along the interior of the offensive line last year. I thought what he showed in a um, you know, going from Division Two to to KU last year, playing you know along the interior, I thought he was outstanding, and he got some. You know, he got rewarded with some honorable mention. Uh, you know, with the with the Big Twelve, him kicking out the tackle, I'm just fascinated by and excited to watch because he played very good football last year. And if he can hold up that left tackle, that's huge for Kansas football. If he's a you know Big Twelve left tackle then that can really, I mean, that was one of the big question marks this team had on the offensive side of the ball. If he's able to man that position successfully, that's huge. And I believe in what he's able to do. I, I really enjoyed watching him play in a Kansas uniform, and I think, you know, he's going to continue to rise to the challenge. Talking with Kent Swanson, KC Sports Network, booth review here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I will say, uh, Kent also does great work with the Chiefs, too, beyond uh, with KU. So I actually have a couple either-ors to finish up with you here. These are going to be some fun uh, kind of crossover questions. Uh, more total touchdowns this year. I'm going to ask you to put on your prediction hat. For Jalen Daniels plus Jason Bean, so you get rushing and passing for whoever the quarterback is, or Patrick Mahomes' touchdown passes. Ooh, that's a great one. That is a that is a great one. Um, I'll go Patrick Mahomes touchdown passes. Still, it's going to be close. I mean, I you know if Mahomes is going to be in the forties, that's going to be a difficult number for a combination of Jalen and Bean to hit, especially since probably only one of them playing at any given time. So, still give me Mahomes, but I that, don't don't let it diminish uh, Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean how good I think they're going to be this year. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I think they tied last year because it was uh, 43 for, for Jalen and Jason between rushing and passing, and right. it was, what, 43, I think, passing for, for Mahomes, too. So uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be close again. Uh, more Jared Casey touchdown cas- catches or Isaiah Pacheco 100-yard rushing games? Uh, mm, give me Casey. I, he, he's, he's, like, that's where he's kind of valuable is down there in the, in the, in the red. And so, you know, maybe it's not necessarily going to be high volume in the twenties, but that is something we've seen him be valuable down there in the red zone anyway. So in the way they're able to utilize him, they can get him out in the flat. Um, you know, they can get him from a tight end position. Uh, I think he'll be, you know, a, a productive, uh, I think he'll be productive in the red zone. And the last one I got for you, better defense compared to its competition. So the KU defense compared to the rest of the country in college football or the Chiefs defense without Chris Jones compared to the rest of the NFL? Ooh, um, 
That's a great one. That is, that's, that's a push. Um, it's getting close to a push for me. Uh, give me, give me Kansas football slightly. I'm a believer. I think I like what they're doing on the defensive line. It's going to be a different kind of group. And I think, you know, they'll sneak up on some people, everything I've heard. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm buying a, a big improvement and a good standing for the Kansas defense. He's Kent Swanson, host of KC Sports Network. Uh, where can people like and subscribe to everything and, and with Booth Review? Well, make sure you're checking out KC Sports Network. That's where uh, all of our Chiefs and uh, college coverage goes. Uh, KCSNU is the YouTube page for all of our shows. Booth Review with Brandon McAnderson every single week. It's been a lot of fun doing it with him. Yeah, I'm just glad to be moving on from Scott Chase, and that guy was just miserable to work with. <laughs> there you go. Kent, I appreciate the time as always, man, and uh, have a great Labor Day weekend. That was Kent Swanson, again, host at KC Sports Network and Booth Review. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We are one hour down, two hours to go, or actually an hour and a half to go because we have Crimson and Blue coverage at 5.30. rest of the show going to be um, pretty much, for the most part, live out at Big Mill. We do have the RCST Football Trivia Championship coming up next. Uh, we're going to have a guest calling us from, from down there, but uh, we'll head back out live, and, and hopefully you're coming by Big Mill. All right, this is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in. Four o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We have Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Uh, we are live, obviously, at Big Mill. This this segment is being pre-recorded earlier in the day. So, uh, But if you come on out to Big Mill, you'll see me and Nick there. Yes. Hello, future me. Hello, future Nick. <laughs> we're just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, we're just hanging, just hanging out. out out there. Giving away uh, NASCAR Speedway tickets, T-shirts, all sort of good stuff at Big Mill. And you can come yep. by. They got great Detroit-style pizza, burgers, conies, drinks. I'm probably, honestly, eating a chicken sandwich right now. <laughs> there I we bet. go. I'm there probably go. getting after right now. Yeah. So uh, come get some great food stuff. Stop by before the game or, or just see us and, and spin the prize wheel and uh, have a good time. Uh, so anyway, RCST football trivia. We have the championship today. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out great. I mean, this is kind of how we planned it. We were hoping to get the get the trivia championship in ahead of KU football, ahead of the start of the season to kind of, you know, wrap up our season and go right into KU football. So it worked out well. We were able to get it scheduled this way. And I am I'm as, as excited as I am for KU football in real life. Equally excited yeah. for football for RCST football trivia. Well, this one is is more up in the air than you would hope the Missouri State game is. You know, with yes. that line being in the high twenties. Yeah. Uh, RCST trivia, by the way, is brought to you by Twenty Third Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Johnny's Tavern, McDonald's, and Lawrence Shirt Factory. Also, Mister D's Auto Wash. Twenty Third Street Brewery, uh, one of our great sponsors here. They have dine in, carry out, and catering all available. The outdoor patio to enjoy the warm weather. You can uh, go out there to watch the KU game tonight. They're going to have it for you. Yep. You can also go out there typically to watch uh, high school football games, although tougher now with the KU game being on. Uh, try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese, Haney Turkey Stack, any of the great menu items. Don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery beer, which you can get to go with their Crowlers. They have new brewer, and they're doing uh, all sorts of... They have, the, they have the classics, the Crimson Fog, the Wave the Wheat, but they have a, a bunch of new ones, too, that are cool to try. So uh, check them out with 23rd Street Brewery. If you were handicapping this game, you're Vegas here. What are you putting the spread on? Yeah, I mean, listen. I think Blake has to be the favorite. I think he's Blake higher is seed the, undefeated. a slight favorite. Yeah, he's undefeated. He's the higher seed. He's been probably wire to wire the best competitor we've had in trivia and football. Skinner in the playoffs specifically has been a little inconsistent. I mean, you go back to his quarterfinal matchup. He probably could have lost or should have lost even maybe in that quarterfinal matchup. Battled through. And then, obviously, just wire to wire was elite in his last matchup. So you wonder what form you're going to get from Skinner. Is he going to be a little bit tired from going, you know, having such a strong performance in his last matchup? And is it going to slip off a little bit, or is he just going to ride that wave, ride that adrenaline, and carry all the way through to the title? Yeah. And so Skinner's five and one. He's got 88 points, which means he's averaging. 
Uh, 14.7 points okay. per matchup, I'm I believe. You, I'm glad the you math there. Yeah. Uh, Blake's 5-0. and He has 77 points, so I believe that would add up to be about 15.4. So I, I think it's only like Blake minus a point. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking a couple of points. Yeah. Know, two or three max. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's not It's definitely much. a very close matchup. Yeah, it's closer to being kind of a pick What about the over-under? How many points do you think we're going to have? Mm, I mean, if they're both averaging in the up in the height in the middle teens. Do we get like a 16-9 to nine game? Yeah, maybe. I, I think the over-under's got to be in the 30s, though. Okay. I think it's got to be. It might even be just 30. Yeah. Or 31. Might be. You know? Yeah, might in that be. Range. RCST Football Trivia also brought to you by Jayhawk Trophy. The winner of this matchup is getting the championship trophy from Jayhawk Trophy. They have custom awards, and they are also engraving experts in Lawrence. Give them a try with Jayhawk Trophy. You can check them out on 6th Street here in Lawrence, or you can check out their wide inventory online. It's not just trophies and, and plaques. They have all sorts of stuff like our uh, tumblers, the, the RCST engraved tumblers, water bottles. Uh, they have binders, yep. uh, mini Allen field houses, all sorts of stuff. Check them out with Jayhawk Trophy. This is, by the way, the RCST Football 2023 Championship game presented by Jayhawk Trophy, so that's exciting. Obviously, along the way, uh, both these contestants have won a ton of bowl games to get to this point in time, and yep. when you look at the paths that both of them have had to get there, they they have been uh, very different. Like you said, Skinner had the consistent or, or inconsistent ride. I think uh, Skinner hit all five of his questions last week. He hit the last one against Jackson, so he comes in on a, a six-question winning streak to that point in time. But uh, RCST Football Trivia also brought to you by Johnny's Tavern. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern celebrating its 70th year anniversary, and that's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials. You have your original location in North Lawrence, where you can be part of the neighborhood porch. Now 13 locations of Johnny's from the... Topeka store to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. Trial the great food, trial the great beer, including the blue collar lager. Beer you can get only at Johnny's, brewed by Free State Com- uh, Brewing Company, at least on tap. You can get it canned now. They sell it at Johnny's. I saw Cork and Barrel has it now, so they have it at some of the liquor stores. Really good. Highly recommend. Perfect beer uh, before the game, like KU football today. All right. Without further ado, here's the moment you've all been waiting for. This is for all the trivia marbles here. It is the championship matchup. Fifth ranked, Skinner and Wendinger. Second ranked, Blake Farrell in the RCST Trivia 2023 Football Championship. Blake is our only undefeated contestant so far. Skinner, 5-1, scored 31 points last week, including a perfect through the first four questions. Skinner, I want to start with you. You had an unbelievable matchup. It was just yesterday, so this is a quick turnaround for you. Does Does that help you because you performed so well and now you get to keep the momentum going? I was just... I don't say it helped me. It just ran down my uh, pike yesterday. Okay. Well, Blake, um, you are undefeated. The only contestant left. Does that put any pressure on you in the championship that you feel like you haven't had that blemish yet? Um, not really. I think the pressure's on you to ask the right questions, Derek. I've been getting <laughs> super lucky. I feel like my opponent keeps getting getting the wrong side of things, so I hope that continues. Okay. Well, uh I guess Skinnerd is is the lower seeded team here, which means Skinnerd. I'm going to let you call the coin toss. Do you want heads or tails? I had a dream. I took heads. So are you going to follow your dream? Yes. Okay. <laughs> See if your dream was right. It is tails. Oh, so uh, maybe more of a nightmare than a dream. Blake, do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. All right. Thank you, Blake. I was going to no say, problem. Skinner usually likes to go second anyway, so I think that worked out. <laughs> That's why. Yep. 
All right, Blake, you're up first in the easy round. These are worth three points. The championship here for RCST Football 2023 Trivia. Easy question for you, Blake. In 2019, KU nearly earned a Big 12 road victory, but lost on a 33-yard field goal in a 50-48 to loss to what opponent who is soon to leave for the SEC? Texas Longhorns. That's right. They almost pulled the upset there with uh, Brent Deerman surprising the opposition. But in the end, it was Texas coming through. All right, Skinner, your first question. In that 2019 near victory over Texas, what Jayhawk quarterback starter threw for four touchdowns and first name starts with the letter C? Carter Stanley. Yep. Starter Carter or Starter Stanley, whichever one you want to refer to it as. All right, three to three, the score. We're all tied up. Got through the easy questions in the championship round. That's good. On to the medium. These are now worth six. Back to you, Blake. This Jayhawk kicker led the 2022 team, so last year's team, with 48 made extra points. What's his name? Borchilla. Yep, Jacob Borchilla. Last names do work, and that is the correct answer. All right, Skinner, your medium question. This Jayhawk punter led the 2022 team, so last year's team, with 34 punts. What's his name? Reese Vernon. Yep, Reese Vernon is the correct answer. Guys, know your KU football punters and kickers. There you go. All right, it's 9-9. to We're tied up at halftime, headed into the second half. Into the third quarter we go. These are now the hard questions, and they're worth seven points. Back to you, Blake. In KU's 2005 regular season finale win against Iowa State that came in overtime, starting quarterback Jason Swanson was hurt, allowing what backup quarterback to come in and mount a comeback? Brian Luke. Brian Luke is the correct answer. That's a big hit for you, and you take a 16 to nine lead. All right, Skinner has hit his last like nine questions, I think, at this point. Let's see if he can keep it up and uh, tie the score here in the third quarter. Skinner, your seven-point question. In KU's 2006 victory over Kansas State, Wildcats starting quarterback Josh Freeman was intercepted three times. One of them was by Aqib Tlaib. What player had the other two interceptions, including one of which that was a pick six? Anthony Webb. Anthony Webb is the correct answer. This is exactly how you hope a championship match would go. 16 to 16, six up, six down on the questions. Let's see if we can determine a winner in the really hard round. Obviously, we could have our fifth question. Maybe we could have overtime. Let's find out. Blake, back to you. Really hard for eight points. Trailing just Azur Kamara, this Jayhawk finished second on the 2019 team in sacks with only two and a half of them. Tyron Johnson? 
correct answer on this one is Darius Moraine. And I don't remember exactly how to pronounce the last name. Maragni or something? Moraine something. I thought it was yeah, Moraine. Moraine, I think, yeah. Anyway, that was the name of the guy. It was a funny spelling. Yeah, it was. Okay, Skinner, you can uh, take a lead in the really hard round and force Blake to have to answer a really hard question in a fifth question. Otherwise, if you get this wrong, we just skip the fifth question and we go to overtime. Skinner, who led the 2019 Jayhawks in interceptions with two of them? Stevens McKenzie. Najee Stevens McKenzie is the correct answer. Skinner, how did you know that one? I've just been studying, and those triple names, I'll just go with the last two. I hate them. Wow. That is an unbelievable hit. So now, Blake, you have to answer a really hard question to keep things alive here in the fifth. Um, are you ready for it? Let's go. All right, your question. What in-state school did Kansas lose to 22-9 in its first ever football game back in 1890? Haskell. Oh, you were so close. It was Baker. It was Baker University and... uh, very close. Good guess. Unfortunately, you come up short. Skinnerd. that means you have won the RCST Football 2023 Championship. Congratulations. Thank you. It's the only thing I ever won in my life. <laughs> well, I mean, you were on an unbelievable run. You went from missing your first four questions in the, in the uh, quarterfinal round to Jackson to then hitting your last question to win it hitting your next five questions against Kyle, and now hitting all four of your questions here today. You hit your last 10 questions to win the championship. Uh, again, going back to the Najee Stevens-McKenzie one, that is an unbelievable hit. I'm curious, if, if you would have got the other one, the Darius Moraine one, would you have known the answer to that? Uh, I wasn't going to pull that one out. I don't. I'm more on D-backs and linebackers than linemen. Blake, if you would have got the Najee Stevens-McKenzie one, would you have known that? No chance. No chance. Okay. Uh, Would you have known the Anthony Webb one in the hard round? You know, I don't think I would have. I think I would have guessed somebody else. I couldn't come up with that one. Well, Blake, this is, even though you fall short here in the finals, this is still a great run for you. You you go undefeated. You were probably our best competitor over the course of just everything with being undefeated till now. And and it takes an opponent getting 24 points in the championship. I know it's not everything you could have wanted, but uh, I don't know. Thoughts on your performance here in, in Trivia 2023? I mean, it was it was good up to this point, and I just couldn't finish it out. So hopefully next year I can finish it out and win it. Well, uh, I've been given everybody, and, and I'll give Skinner the chance here too, to, to kind of wax poetic about KU football or give a prediction or a hot take or just something you're excited for with the football season. Uh, do you have anything now that we're on game day today? Yeah, I'm super excited. and coming out tonight, so can't wait to see it. Uh, I hope Daniels is good to go. I keep hearing rumors that he might not be, so hopefully he can play and – yeah, I just want to get to a bowl again, and it was a lot of fun last year, and it's always way more fun when we're good, so hopefully we can pull that off again. Well, Skinner, again, congratulations on winning the championship. Do you do you want to you know share anything about, I don't know, what you're excited for with KU football or or just, I, don't, uh, I guess, open forum for whatever you want to talk about. You're the champ. I want to see uh, another dream, but this year's squad win 
10 games and be the third uh, team in history to do it in KU history. And I want to see Mason Fairchild score four touchdowns in a game and tie the record. There we go. Love both those. Well, Blake, awesome stuff this year. Skinnerd, unbelievable. Again, congratulations on winning it all. And a thank you guys for both being a part of this. Hey, congrats on the win, Skinner. Hey, thank you, Blake. Skinner did it. Skinner, my guy. He was your guy all yes. the way through. And he yeah, I never, listen, I never wavered in my support for Skinner. I just wanted it to be known. Uh, I, you know, he's, he's such a great personality. He's always bringing up interesting and fun tidbits. He's got great stories, just a, a really, really great guy and, and a really, really strong competitor as well. And that shined through in this one. I mean, uh, and it's clear that he did some studying as well. Yeah. Know? I mean, he's, he's the Stevens he McKenzie. Was, yep. Because he, he knows a lot of the, it actually kind of worked in, in a certain way that in the championship and in the semis, he didn't get a ton of like seventies, eighties, nineties questions, which were more of his wheelhouse. Yeah. He, he got through by hitting some of the questions of, you know, maybe some, some other contestants wheelhouses he was able to get through. And I think that shows the versatility of him. He is a true champion. Yeah, absolutely. No questions about that. I think he hit around the head. I mean, you know, because of him, Drawing on that knowledge of historically, you know, we've seen him hit a lot of questions about, you know, he hit the Pepper Rogers one, I believe. Right? Yep. Uh, yeah. So Pepper, you know, he he draws on that knowledge, some of the eighties, yeah, uh, that older stuff. But here, yeah, you're absolutely right. He had to hit some questions that were in the more of the modern era of K football. Did he did it? Did put his time in, and it paid off with the victory. Yeah. Uh, does Ryan Goodwin get any? Uh receiving votes for number one at the end of the year. Does anybody vote him? Because he's the one he's guy who one beat, guy to beat him. Yeah. He beat him on like a really hard. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember that matchup. I mean, I, he was, I think it was like nine to three and he hit like a really hard or something <laughs> like that to, to win at the last moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, really, I mean, what I love about this run from Skinner is that it you had it all right. You had yeah. a match where he had to grind through or, uh, you know, against Jackson where it was kind of a, a low scoring game, got the win. And then you saw the high flying scoring ability of him. And then here in the championship, I think he was just totally balanced and got the W. Yeah. Think back to that matchup, though, with Jackson. If Jackson yeah. just hits his because it was it's any question. If if Jackson hits his medium, because I think it was three nothing, and then Skinner hit a hard to go up seven to three, and then Jackson missed on the medium question to win. If Jackson goes one of two on medium questions, right? He wins. He wins, and this never happens. Yes. And who knows what happens from there? Maybe Blake's <laughs> the champion. Maybe Kyle's the champion. I don't know. Maybe Jackson is the champion. I know you no, don't want to live in that no. world. Jackson's would okay. never be the champion. Okay, it'd be one of the other guys. <laughs> But that's unbelievable, man. Skinner, good for him. Ten straight questions to finish up. RCST yeah. Football Trivia brought to you by McDonald's and Mr. D's Auto Wash in the Lawrence area on 6th Street. Grab by T, get your car washed, have it looking all spiffy for the start of uh, college football season. We're also brought to you by Lawrence Shirt Factory. We got the shirts in today. I will tell you this. They're the coolest trivia shirts we have ever had. Yeah, I agree with that. We, you know, we, we have some really cool shirts. The basketball ones are cool, you know, and every and I like the designs we have on all of our mm-hmm. shirts, but I agree. I think these are Yes. Far and away the best ones we've had. And part of the reason why is because I'm not great at like designing stuff. I just basically had Lawrence Shirt Factory. I was like, hey, could you put something together here? They put it together. They rocked it. So get yeah. your work done with Lawrence Shirt Factory. They have customized gear. It's not just T-shirts. They have hats. They have sweatshirts. They have some uh, customized gear that they've made themselves that you can just go in and buy. So I uh, highly recommend Lawrence Shirt Factory. Thank you to them. And thank you to all our sponsors. Without you, this is not possible. We have a champion. Mike Plank, the champion in 2022. Skinner Wenninger, the champion in 2023 in RCST football trivia. Fun one. We're looking forward to bringing it back next uh, spring, but it's going to be a while before we have more trivia. So yeah. everybody has a lot of time to study, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Come on out to Big Mill. We're going to be joined by Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports talking a little college football betting action in week one on the other side. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it.
Welcome back in. We're live at Big Mill ahead of the KU first football game of the year. We still have two KU football pairs of tickets to give away. we got a bunch of NASCAR tickets, T-shirts, gift cards, plenty of other stuff. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson here on KLWN. And now we're going to be joined by a uh, what's going to be a recurring guest here over the course of football season. Excited to bring on Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. And uh, Lee's going to join us here to help break down some of the, the betting lines and some of the games to watch and give you some good advice for uh, maybe how to make a little coin this weekend as you're watching the first week of college football uh lee thanks for hopping on here but before we get into some of the games that we have there's obviously some new rules in college football this year with the uh the timing differences and then the clock not stopping on first downs outside of the the final two minutes of the first half and the second half and we saw a few less plays per game in week zero i i don't know what are kind of the expectations of how all the rule changes are going to affect some of the over-unders and, and the totals is it smarter to just i don't know blanket take unders here in week one well the unders only were four and three uh in, in the seven games so we charted it and there was eight less plays on average per game so there, there was a, a little bit of a difference i think we're going to see anywhere between uh, a 2.6 and 2.8 less points scored per game once everything shakes out. So, you know, with, with them not stopping the clock just like they do in the NFL, you're going to just see uh, uh, teams that can run the football have a chance to run out the clock. So uh, something to take note of. And, you know, if you're normally, you know, ready to, to attack uh, these games and these totals, you're probably going to see about a little less than three points less scored per game. They've tried to make these games quicker. That was uh, the goal, but what they did was they added more commercials in the first week the game for just one minute less. That's it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Lee, we were going to get into the Oklahoma game, but I don't know if you want to weigh in. The Kansas line now, last I saw, is up to 32. Uh, with every one side or the other, it seems like the public's pretty in on Kansas. Would you be fading Kansas in this one? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. It's, you know, here, here's the problem in some of these games. The first couple weeks, it just depends on how long they keep the starters in. And you know, a lot of times they're preparing for week two. I, 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 they'll tell you they're preparing for Missouri State, but trust me, they're already looking ahead to Illinois film. So, just a game I have no real opinion on. But we'll definitely have something on Illinois next week. That's for sure. And that 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 is actually a great lesson right there from Lee. You don't have to bet every game. Bet the games you right. feel comfortable with if, if you don't feel great about it don't go forward with it now OU minus 35 against Arkansas State which side of the line are you on there so here's a game where I think Arkansas State is up against it I think Oklahoma realized they have to get a, a quick start first two games last year they did not look good at all so the timing wasn't there but now with the timing with Dylan Gabriel you saw when he used to play at UCF when he got on a roll look out he was really uh, tough to stop and and Arkansas State you know they've, they've had some good years they've had some talent on this team but now you know they, they, they lost a lot on offense and defense lost the, the top couple running backs they uh, lost a tight end who was productive uh, defense lost how about get this they lost three of the top four players so I just don't think they match up against Oklahoma when you play as fast as Oklahoma does they usually get an extra two possessions per game I think it makes a difference. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Oklahoma, big over Arkansas State here, 55-10. 
Okay, so there's a good one. Now flipping from the high-paced Oklahoma offense to the Iowa offense, which is uh, probably the opposite of that, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they are this year. Iowa minus 24 against Utah State. Will Iowa get enough points to cover the spread here? So their offense was horrible last year. I mean, it was painful to watch. I mean, you could go shopping and come back and no, nothing changed. The MVP was their punter. So um, here's the situation with Iowa. They have to score 25 points per game. There are going to be changes here. So the way I look at this game here is I think Utah State's going to have trouble scoring. I mean, the Mountain West Conference team here, what they have going is they couldn't score in the two games really against Iowa. The two scores they came in the two games came from Colorado State off drives of 35 and 23 yards, and they were set up by a bad punt and a Hawkeye turnover. The Iowa defense here... Other than that, had seven scoreless quarters here against Alabama last year. And this is not a great Alabama defense. Who talks that State couldn't score? They have pretty much lost anyone with any talent that's gone other places here. And I do think Cade McNamara is going to start and play three quarters here. I like Iowa, 34-3. Okay, there's Iowa there. Now Texas has been hyped up about the talent that they have and what they could possibly be this year. Rice has been kind of a, a trendy program lately, or, or one that's been kind of on the rise a little bit here. Who do you like in that game between two schools in the Lone Star State? I mean, JT Daniels. I mean, this, this guy's been around forever. He's been at four schools. He's facing Texas for a third time as a starter. Started off at USC. Then he goes to Georgia. Doesn't play much there. Then he goes to West Virginia for a year. Now he's at Rice. I mean, they just don't have the players there. And then on the other side, Texas, I think that they're going to try to stretch the field. I think they want to show Alabama, you know, some they can push the ball down the field. That was their problem last year. Didn't hit on enough big plays. Passing Quinn Ewers has looked good. You remember, he got injured in the Alabama game. was never the same. So, uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Don Mitchell, these two guys I think might have big games here. So, uh, blowout city, romper room special, Texas. 55, Rice 7, and something also to remember, Rice has played two tough teams the last two years. They lost to USC 66-13, and two years ago they played against Texas. The score was 58 nothing, and Texas did not score a point in the fourth quarter. Well, that'll, that'll certainly help if that's the case again this week. Now, the, the game of the week, it's two top ten programs. LSU, yep. Florida State, yep. it was a crazy game last year in which uh, LSU had this crazy comeback, missed the extra point. Florida State ends up winning it. It's played on neutral site once again. This time, though, LSU is favored by two points. Who do you like in this one? So this is a great matchup. Last year's game was one for the ages, 24-23. Florida State wins it on a blocked extra point right near the end of the game. And uh, what I took from that game and, and setting these two teams, number one, I think they're both a little overhyped. I think they should be ranked probably 11 to 15. So uh, when I look at both quarterbacks, exciting quarterbacks, Jordan Travis for FSU, I just think Jaden Daniels is a cut above throwing the football. Uh, he can hit on seven, eight, nine in a row and put the ball right where it needs to be thrown and also running. Uh, he can make a lot uh, if you don't cover him when he starts running the ball. So uh, LSU's looking for revenge. How about this? FSU last year faced five backup quarterbacks. So five quarterbacks. I don't know if you'll ever see that again in a regular season. And Brian Kelly made some mistakes during that game, some tactical mistakes here. Um, I probably cost the team seven to ten points last year. FSU 
coming off that five and seven season. They were the hunter. Now they're being hunted. I'm going to give you two ways to play this game. I like the over 56 total points, and I also like LSU 34-30. Okay, there we go. Well, speaking of teams who played a lot of backup quarterbacks last year, how about TCU? TCU has given up 20 points against Colorado. Everybody wants to talk about primetime, Deion Sanders. Uh, This was obviously the game last year that Max Duggan came in after the injury to Chandler Morris and took off from there. Who do you like this go-around between the Horned Frogs and the Buffaloes? So a lot of people, you know, forget that this kid, Stanley Morris, was a starter until he got hurt. So obviously they're going to miss, uh, you know, Quentin Johnson, superstar receiver. I think they've got enough there. Trey Sanders coming over from Alabama, getting a stud. Uh, John Paul Richardson from Oklahoma State. Uh, JoJo Earl, also receiver from Alabama. I think their offense might be just as good this year, believe it or not, at least more talented. Uh, brought in some guys in the defensive backfield, the kid that started uh, for the whole year for Florida. And, and you saw how they couldn't cover anyone last year. Also a kid uh, from Colorado. They're, they're started pretty much for the last couple years. So I think they're going to plug some holes here. And then uh, uh, Prime, Coach Prime, he brings over his son. Their top three receivers are two guys that came over from South Florida and Jackson State here. They have too many holes here. Trust me, coaches like Sonny Dykes, they take it personal. When a coach just shows up, doesn't have to pay his dues 15 years, 20 years in the coaching profession before they get that head coaching position. They're, they're not going to let up on this guy. Coach Prime is going to get walloped here. I like TCU here, 55-13. Okay, that, that brings us to your free play game for the week, which uh, features a Big 12 foe, West Virginia, taking on a Penn State team that a lot of people are high on as a very talented team in the Big 10. Nittany Lions are giving up 20 points. Yep. So they want, and this is going to be a fun game here. We're going to find out uh, if Penn State, can they join the elite? Can they join Michigan and Ohio State? You want to get this game for free? Call 800-400-9741. Uh, Neil Brown's going to have to do something. He's going to have to win six games probably if he wants to keep his job. So he's going to pull out all stops here. Uh, you want to get the game, 800-400-9741. Uh, check out the new website. We're celebrating our 30th anniversary. Got a lot of features there. So let's say you want to see another game. I break down and predict maybe like a South Carolina, North Carolina game, Washington, Boise State. All those videos are up and available. Uh, you want to join us for a month or a season. Everything you can check on the Purchase Pick page. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. All right, well, uh, Lee, I appreciate you hopping on here. We're looking forward to, to chatting with you as the season continues on and uh, should be a fun first week of college football here. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right, that's Lee Sterling's Paramount Sports, where you can check out all his work and uh, get some more information, as he was just talking about, for some of the other games going on this weekend. We're going to take a time out here and give our game picks for the weekend and uh, take into some of what Lee had to say into account. That on the other side, we're live at Big Mill for Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back live from Big Mill with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson on KLWN. Thanks to David back in the studio. As we uh, keep going here from Big Mill, we still got a couple pairs of KU football tickets. We got NASCAR Speedway tickets. We got Big Mill gift cards. We got T-shirts. It's all free. You just walk by, spin the prize wheel, get free stuff. It's that easy. We don't have to 
get you to sign anything up. Yep. I think half the people walk by and they're like, oh, no, I have to, like, sign up for this or I'm going to be on a subscription somewhere. It's like, no, nope. you just come by and spin the wheel. We've got a beautiful dog in front of us. Somebody spin in with their dog. Yep. Somebody's the dog got their dog spin. right here. It's great. Get the dog steer. You're, you're a dog guy. I'm a dog guy, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, anyway, uh, before we get to our game picks, I did want to make mention of this. The ACC today voted to add Stanford, Cal, and SMU to the league. Yeah, it's, it's a clown show, to be honest. I absolutely hate this. What are we doing? Why? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I really don't like it at all. First of all, why is SMU this market that people think, oh, SMU, we got to get SMU? No, that's stupid. Well, supposedly SMU. they kind of bought their way in. That they, well, they said they're not going to take, like, media contract that's money for, dumb. like, that's three years everybody. or something. Why would they do that? Because they just want to be in for the long haul. Which is going to be funny because in a few years, Florida State and Clemson and some of the schools are going to be like, no, nah, we're going to the SEC anyway. It's just dumb, man. It's just dumb. Yeah. So I guess they're still, at least with Stanford and Cal, it's still coastal. It doesn't say, I guess it says Atlantic it says, coastal. Dude, it literally but, is in the first word of the conference, Atlantic. Atlantic. I mean, we're Stanford and Cal. Pacific. You know, technically, the ocean is one ocean. It's all connected in some no, way. No, you're wrong. It's in the w- title, Atlantic. No, but I'm now, saying if they wanted to cut that and just be the CC, the but, Coastal Conference. You see what I'm saying? That. All the ocean is connected. There is no blockage. So technically, the Atlantic Ocean is the no, same but, as the Pacific Ocean. No, you're it wrong. It is one ocean. That's basic geography. It is one you're ocean. Wrong. It is all connected. No, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if they want to drop the Atlantic and just be the Coastal Conference, I'm super down for okay. that. The CC. I'm all for that. All right, here's uh, here's game picks for today. Uh, for what it's worth, you went 45 and 55 in college football last Dude, I year. Sucked. I was 44 and 56, so I sucked just a little <laughs> bit worse. You sucked a little bit less than I did last season. Let's 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 do well this year. I'm okay. both of us to finish. No, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right, first up, Colorado at number 17 TCU. Horn Frogs giving up 20 and a half. Yeah, I just think it's going to take some time for Colorado to kind of get going under Coach Prime. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be one week, one success. So I actually kind of like TCU here. I'm going to go with TCU. I know they maybe lost Max Duggan, and people think, oh, TCU's going to suck now, whatever, that means good. It was a fraudulent run to the CFP. I think they'll still get the W here by 20 or more, uh, or I guess 21 or more. It's 20 and a half. But, yeah, I, I like TCU here. I just, I, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't think Colorado will be good under Coach Prime. I just don't think it's going to happen right away. So that's why I like TCU here. All right, we got a few more games, then we'll get to our lock of the week. But uh, I'm going to take TCU also. Uh, I like what Lee said in, in kind of putting up the numbers. I think TCU is still going to be really good on offense. I wouldn't be surprised if TCU has the number one offense still in the Big 12. Uh, just different variations of it, but Sonny Dykes is a really good offensive coach. Uh, Boise State is at number 10, Washington. The Huskies are giving up 10 points. Yeah, this is a tough one. Because I honestly... I don't really know that much about Boise State, to be honest. I mean, I, I mean, they're usually a, a fringe top 25 team out there, you know, doing their own thing. I don't understand why they didn't try to join the Pack 4 you know, make a move for their own sake or whatever. But I guess they're just happy in the Midwest. So I'm going to go with Washington here, minus 10. Uh, I think they have Michael Penix back, right? Yep. So Michael Penix is back. Yeah, top two receivers. Uh, a, really electric, a really electric quarterback. I like Washington here. This will probably be a, high school, a higher scoring game. But I think Washington covers against Boise State. I think Washington, too. I could see it being a close, competitive game. Uh, Boise State should be one of the best group of five teams this year. But I think the fact that Washington has that good offense, they should be able to put enough points to pull away yeah, from the team. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 21, North Carolina against South Carolina. The Tar Heels are giving up two and a half points. It's on uh, neutral okay, field in so Charleston. So what is the thought on Spencer Radler? What do you think? My thought is that he, Does he is suck? Very Does he not suck? No, he's just he's just inconsistent. He's like, uh, oh, what's a good example of this? You know, Ryan think, Fitzpatrick. You know, you know? I think 
I think he does not have that dog in him. That's what I think. I think he doesn't have a dog in him. Well, Jake Bailey's your Heisman pick. That's true. And I'm going to go with Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to go with North Carolina then. Because right. I don't think Spencer Rattler has that dog in him. I like Shane Beamer, though. And I like what South Carolina is doing. But uh, I think North Carolina wins this game, and I think they win it by more than three points. Yeah, I like Mac Brown here. Give me North Carolina minus the three. This little scary word. How old is Mac Brown? He's got to be 75, maybe pushing 80, right? It got to be at this point. I mean, dude. Does that mean KU could have 20 more years with Lance Leipold? <laughs> maybe that's the lesson to, to learn there. Uh, so we are, we are, we've picked the same exact three, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad okay, thing. Okay, I'll, I'll mix it up here. Number five, LSU minus two and a half against eighth-ranked Florida State. Yeah, Florida State's an interesting team because it feels like every year there's, you know, Florida State, Miami, you know, for a while it was Michigan before they actually got good. There was always that one team that's like, people were like, oh, they used to be good like 25 years ago. They've got to be good this year, right? And they're normally wrong, okay? But in this case, I'm going to pick Florida State. Jordan, Jordan Travis is a really, really quality quarterback. I know LSU has a pretty good quarterback in Jaden Daniels too, but I'm actually going to pick Florida State here. I think Florida State is for real, and I think this is, for Florida State, this is kind of make or break for them. Like, they have to prove that they're legit right off the bat. So they need this win. I'm going to go with Florida State. So I'm going to, this will be one more different. I'm going to go with LSU minus the two and a half. You know, when I look at how last year's game ended, LSU losing in that way I think gives them a ton of motivation against Florida State. I also just think LSU is a better team. Now, I'm not in on the hype. I, I agree with Lee on this one. I, I think both teams are probably a little overranked. I, I see Florida State closer to being, like, number 15. I see LSU being closer to probably, like, number 10 than they are number 5. I think there's a little too much hype here. But I don't think it comes out here. And this is something that, that the SEC does every year. They usually win a lot of these big non-con games. That's why they get propped up in a lot of ways in the rankings. And then it, you know, kind of you, you have your internal carnage. So I think it starts here in this one. LSU wins by uh, three or more. Uh, last one we have here before our lock of the week. Number nine, Clemson is minus 13 at Duke. This is an interesting one. Duke is obviously an opponent KU saw last year, and they ended up winning nine games. Yeah. So under Mike Elko, which that was his first year as head coach, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, so a pretty impressive first year for him and uh, with Duke. And with Clemson, it, they've finally gotten rid of DJ Uyunglele. Now they're fully on to Cade Klubnik, uh, which, again, I think is kind of rude. Why would you want to club me? That's kind of rude. Uh, but anyways, I'm going to go with Clemson here. I, I I just don't see that Duke's offense is going to be able to keep up. I think Clemson is going to score enough that Duke is not going to be able to keep up, and they're going to win the game by more than 13. By the way, have you seen some of the early like NFL draft rankings for, for next year? Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, is like top five quarterback. Really? Yeah. That is very surprising. I know, very surprising. Because it's not like he was that impressive at Duke, I don't think. Well, I mean, he was, he was good in the game last year when they played Kansas, but... Jalen Daniels was clearly the better quarterback. Obviously, in the NFL, you have some projection with size and some different things that, that impact that. But, yeah, I, I thought he was a good quarterback. But I, I guess that makes you feel even better about the Kansas win against Duke last year, which continues yeah. to me to look better and better the more <laughs> we're away from it to where it's like, yeah. that was like an awesome win. They beat yes. a 9-4 no, Duke I think team with at a, the time of the game, it was like, prospect. oh, Duke might be a fringe bowl right. game, maybe. Like, so, you know, maybe they, you know, it's a decent win. And then they win nine games. Wait, so who did you pick there, by the way? I picked Clemson. Okay. <laughs> I am going to go Duke here. Okay. I uh, keep it close. Well, I, I just I, I think Mike Elko's team is going to play really good defense. That it's going to be kind of a, a lower scoring, uh, ugly kind of game. I think Riley Leonard does enough. Even if it's thirty-one seventeen, though, Clemson wins. I know. I, know. I, I, I was thinking more like twenty-four seventeen, somewhere in that range. Okay. I, I think Duke can keep it close. I think Duke has a good team. It's in Duke. They're going to be hyped up week one of the season, uh, giving the Blue Devils in that one.
You went 10 and 9 on locks of the week last year. I was 8 and 11. It's positive. Well, when they're locks, it's supposed to be better than that. So we both need to do better this year. Uh, Who do you like this week? All right. I was back and forth between a couple locks. I was actually looking at the TCU Colorado over. Mm. But I think for my lock of the week, I'm going to go with Iowa and Utah State under 43 and a half. Iowa's going to win like 21 to 0. It's going to be way under. So absolutely hammer that. Iowa State or Iowa can't score. And their defense is great, so I can't imagine Utah State's going to score very much. Under. In 43 and a half, Iowa and Utah State. All right, I'm going to go Tennessee minus 28 against Virginia. Virginia is being seen right now as one of the worst Power 5 schools for this upcoming season. They lost their good quarterback, Brandon Armstrong. Even with him being a solid quarterback last year, I think they were, what, 3-9? and nine? They were bad last year. They're probably going to be bad this year. You look at some of the win total over-unders, they're around that three-win range. So they're not supposed so to be very is good. Is Hooker back? Hennon Hooker is not, but they have okay. Joe Milton. That's what I thought. The guy who oh. has the biggest arm in college football. Dude, that dude was play- that dude's been playing college football since, like, 2013. I know. That'll help them, right? You need no. the experience and everything. Now, I, I do think he's inconsistent, but here's the thing. Tennessee, what do we know about? them they play up and down they play fast paced they I do like Josh could you not see this being a game that they put up 56 points and Virginia only puts up like 14 I, I think you're good that, there yeah. so I'm, I'm gonna take uh, Tennessee minus 28 is the lock of the week dude Iowa under I'm telling you all right that's probably just a roll with it play uh, we're gonna take a timeout our show goes till 5 30 today then the Crimson and Blue show takes over after that you can hear the KU game right here at seven o'clock as well as on our sister station 105.9 kiss with Nick Springer I'm Derek Johnson two hours down half an hour to go we are live from Big Mill we got KU football tickets we got NASCAR tickets we got T-shirts Shirts. We got candy. We got, I don't know, Nick will give you a high five maybe. Yes, Whatever. and a hug. If and a hug if you want it. Yes. Uh, come on out. We're going to be here again. Kiss Crew will be here past 6 o'clock. We'll be back after this time out on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Okay, we're live at Big Mail. Come on out. We still have a couple KU football tickets. All we got to do is we're making you answer a trivia question, but we give you we give you three shots at it. So we go we give you a really hard one to try to stun you, intimidate you. The people are asking if you've gone soft. Three tries? Are you kidding me? What <laughs> no. is this? Well, I give them a, a really hard one to make them be like, oh no, what did I get into? <laughs> then I give them a little bit of a harder one where it's still like hard, but they might be able to get it. Then I give them a bit of an easier one where it's like. Like the one I gave earlier was uh, what? Who's the is. offensive coordinator? All I'm yeah, hearing is Derek has gone soft. All right, we'll see. Well, we have we have cable football tickets, we have NASCAR tickets, we have T-shirts. All you got to do is spin the wheel. It's free. You don't have to sign up for anything. You literally just spin a wheel. It's very easy. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. You can bet on the, the Kansas game, uh, which the latest line I saw was 32. The over-under was set at 60. So what does that mean? They're projecting Kansas to win like 46 to 14 or something like that. I think my math is right on that one. Um, we'll see. We'll see if Jalen Daniels or if it's Jason Mean. Yeah, it's still 32. You can also, if you really want to, uh, you can put $100 down on Kansas to win $1. Does that interest you at all? No? Not really? Uh, no. Okay. Well, you can do whatever you want with yours. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KLWN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KLWN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and older. Physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. All right, so uh, Nick, it's KU Missouri State game. Yes, in two hours here. 
We still yes. don't know the, the, the status or what's going to happen with Jalen Daniels or for Jason Bean. If it is Jalen Daniels versus Jason Bean, how does that affect how you would pick the spread tonight? Well, that's an interesting question because let's say Jalen Daniels does play. There's not a guarantee he's going to be 100%. There's not a guarantee he's going to be 100%. Uh, so the real question there is even if Jalen Daniels plays, is he full go? Is he, you know, the Jalen Daniels we saw back in the, to start the season last year? And if that's the case, then I think it doesn't affect how you pick the spread because he'd probably want to go for Kansas at that point. But I don't know. With Jason Bean, Jason Bean's electric. You know, Jason Bean could uh, make something happen and could score a lot of points too. So I think whether it's Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels doesn't actually affect my thoughts on the spread too much, to be honest. Uh, but I am curious about it, certainly. Definitely about whether or not Jalen plays or Jason Bean plays. But, again, I think at best case, Jalen Daniels plays like, what, a half, three quarters maybe? If he does, yeah. So Jason Bean is going to get some time to play here, whether it's the whole game or whether it's just two quarters or whatever. That's the question. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think it affects the play that much because Jason Bean, I think, to be to, could equally be electric to give Kansas enough points to, to cover the spread. Sure. Okay, so uh, we've been doing our KU football superlative segment over the course of leading up to game day. Today is game day, and we still have like a handful of these left over. Do you just want to rapid fire these? I'm, I'm super down. All right, let's super do this. Uh, best road game to attend as a fan. Oh, road game. Okay, so my initial question is, I don't know if it's on the top of my head, how far away is Reno from Las Vegas? It's, it's a long drive. It's like a three, four-hour drive. But okay. Reno, so, okay, Reno is in Nevada, so you still have legal sports. But they have a bunch yes. of sports books there, okay. a bunch okay. of hotels, and it's about a 45-minute drive to Lake Tahoe, which is – I know you love Lake Tahoe. Yes, and, the, and they have parts of Lake Tahoe where they have the sports betting and parts of it where it's just the nature side, the California side. So, so different I, than Vegas, Nevada but you can do a lot of Nevada pretty high on the list because your other options are Oklahoma State, uh, Texas, which Austin's a good place to go. Yeah. Cincinnati, but I don't, I don't know. I've been to Cincinnati. In November. You know, not to. If anybody's from Cincinnati, I don't mean to be rude, but I was very unimpressed with Cincinnati. I'll say. <laughs> I went to Cincinnati. I was like, dude, what is this? Like, what is going on here? Not a, not a big fan of Cincinnati. So Cincinnati's probably last on my list, to be honest. And then you got Ames. Oh, dude, <laughs> Ames, dude, that place stinks. I'm not going to Ames. So that leaves me with Austin, Reno, and what was the other one? Stillwater. Yeah. You are going to Stillwater. I am. I am already planning to go to Stillwater. Yes, uh, for that for that game. So if you see a crazy KU fan just screaming in Stillwater, it's probably me. But I think the pick's got to be between Austin and Reno, right? Yeah, I now, think it's the, Austin for me. The appeal of Texas is it's probably your last time playing Texas. Probably your last time getting the chance to go see KU on the road there. That's the appeal there for certainly. The appeal of Reno would be if you are interested in the sports side, if you wanted to take a detour to Las Vegas. So it just kind of depends. I would probably lean Austin, but I don't think it could be mad at anybody for picking Reno. Well, the one thing with, with Reno, it's very expensive to fly in and out of there. Oh, really? Kansas City, yeah. You're, you're looking at probably three three fifty for a flight out there at a, at a downtime. And then that's just kind of one way. So I would go with Texas. It's driving distance for a lot of people. Last time you were playing there for a while. So, yeah. No, I think that's fair. Uh, okay, how about this one? Big 12 game you feel worst about for KU? Ooh, well, speaking of Texas, that's got to be pretty high up there. I think I so. Think. Well, we were doing the schedule pick, and we kind of said at the end, like, there is not a single game on the schedule that you're just like, they're going to lose. You, every yeah. game on the schedule, you're like, they could I feel like they have a chance. Right? Texas would be the lowest percentage, though. Yeah, so you think about the Big 12 games. So you got Texas... I think the question with Oklahoma State is 
will Alan Bowen be healthy? What's their, what, what are they going to look like after they had a down year last year? You get Texas Tech at home, so you feel probably pretty decent about having your chances there. You get Kansas State at home, you probably like your chances there to at least be competitive. Ames on the road, but again, Iowa State, their program is in shambles. So who knows? So I think from the Big 12 perspective, by default, it's almost Texas. Now, if you eliminate Texas, I think at that point there comes an interesting conversation. Because you could look at Oklahoma, you could look at Texas Tech, you could look at Kansas State, you could look at even on the road against Oklahoma State. There's some good options there. But I think looking at the picture, at the schedule overall, Texas. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, most impactful freshman. Ooh, I think there's only three freshmen on the 2D. So you got Keaton Kupeka, you um, got four. Damon Calvin Greaves, Clements, Damon Greaves, and Calvin Clements. Missing anyone? So on I the think 2D? in terms of playing time, I think we expect Calvin Clements to be good, but not this year. Yes. So that leaves you with Damon Greaves, who's like 35 as a freshman, which, by the way, that's insane. Uh, and then I don't actually know how old he is. I, think, I know he's older though. And then you have Keaton Kubeka, and Keaton Kubeka is a guy that I think has been raved a lot raved about quite a bit by this coaching staff it feels like his impact will be more on special teams if he does make an impact this year but you know that could be very exciting so Keaton Quebec is an interesting pick if you look at just strictly how much they're going to play it's got to be Damon Greaves uh, if we do want to toss it out what about like if Jameel Croft like halfway through the season they have some injuries or things start to click even more for him we've heard good things about his competitive nature and yeah. uh, how athletic he is and, and how talented he is what if what if he's able to get more playing time later in the season and make that big impact that would be interesting uh, again i think the only real path to that happening is injuries though right i mean sure he's probably not going to be able to get in above a marvin grant above yeah. an oj burroughs kenny logan so it requires some injuries that's why i'm nervous about taking that no, I, I think, think Damon Greaves, you have to also. yeah Damon Greaves. uh most impactful this year transfer Oh, so, like, okay. most impact, not long-term. It only matters what they do this season. Okay. Because, like, so, like long-term, I, I, I had the long-term. It was one of the days that, that you weren't here. And I, I think I, I said, like, it could be Demarius McGee because you have, like, yeah. three more or years of it, right? Dylan Brooks, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but this year, who would that be? This year, I think the candidates are J.D. Brown, Devin Phillips are probably your top two in terms of immediate impact. Then you go to, like, a Gage Keys and Austin yep. Booker. Patrick uh, Joyner. Maybe even Dylan Brooks, maybe. Patrick yeah. Joyner. Yeah, so there's some good options on the defense. On the offense, I don't think there's any options. No, really. because like Logan I mean, Brown's you, a backup right Yeah, now. Logan Brown's a backup. Spencer Lavelle's probably going to yeah. be a backup as well. So I think you have to look at the defense here. I know. I think I know your answer. You're probably going with J.B. Brown here, aren't you? Yeah. I. Are you going with J.B. Brown? No, I'm going to actually go Devin Phillips. Okay. I'm going to go Devin Phillips. I think there's just more to be happy. Yeah, the the positive to picking Devin Phillips is he's already a starter. You know he's going to play a lot. Yep. We figure J.B. Brown's going to have a big role, but we just don't really know what that looks like quite yet. Yes. You're going with Devin Phillips. I'll pick J.B. Brown. Okay. We'll do the first on this one. Yeah. Uh, we got two left. Most underrated player. Most underrated player. It's a very vague, open-ended question, but yeah. Who's the most underrated Jayhawk this year? You know, okay, wait. I'll actually, I'm going to pose one, and, and I don't know long term. Uh, he might be starting tonight. We don't know what the injury to Jalen Daniels if it's going to affect tonight or in the future. But Jason Bean is Jason Bean. Is that a good answer? It, because it, it does feel it like, be. based how last season ended, it has been kind of thrown to the side of like, oh man, like I don't know, like like the, the amount that he improved from 2021 to 2022. If he takes a similar jump to this year. He's an all-conference quarterback, seriously. Yes. Like, he was probably a top-five quarterback last year in the conference. Yes, I believe he was second Stats behind Jalen Daniels in QBR yeah. last year, I believe. So that could be a sneaky good answer. I went to the offensive line. I mean, are we are we not appreciating Mike Nowitzki enough? Are we not probably appreciating 
Dominic Pooney enough. Out to the offensive line. You go to the defensive line. Maybe it is a Tommy Dunn or DJ Withers, but I feel like those guys got enough hype that we're probably not going to underrate them. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe it's a, what about a, like a Rich Miller, yep. captain, leader of the defense? You know, maybe his, maybe his stats don't always pop, but what he does just beyond that is impressive. So I think it's one of those guys. If Melo Dotson has a good year, I could see him being the answer yeah. because all the, the hype will go to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, but that, that requires him, you know, improving from where he was last year, which he was still good enough to be a starter, but you're looking at him making a jump. Um, I, I might even look to, honestly, like Marvin Grant or OJ Burroughs. Kenny Logan gets all the hype, deservedly so. He's a good player. He's been a, a leader and a face of your program. Yeah. At the same point in time, OJ Burroughs and Marvin Grant are really good. And I think they don't get enough shine because of Kenny Logan in that group. So I, I think there's a lot of good answers there that I, I don't even want to pick one. I'm going to go with Mike Nowitzki. Okay. Uh, best position group. Best position group. Hmm. I think if Jalen Daniels is healthy, would the answer be quarterback? But it seems like the answer to that is Jalen Daniels is not healthy. I know. So, so I don't maybe think you can take quarterback. You know, then you go to the running back group. You know, got again, talent you got, at the top. It depends on Daniel Highshaw. If he's fully healthy and you got a one-two combo – with Devin, Dylan McDuffie and Savion Morrison behind, that's a pretty strong group. Tight end room's really good. Tight end room could be a good answer. Offensive line, feel great about. Yeah, you go to the defense. I mean, we talked secondary. about it. The safeties. You yeah. got three really quality safeties in the secondary. I mean, shoot, man, corners with, with Kobe, Mello, Kaylin Gervin. You've got yep. the young guys coming up with, with guys like Jamil Croft, who we mentioned, Demarius McGee, Quentin Lassiter is a senior. Uh, I'm going to settle on tight ends, though. Tight ends. Mason Fairchild, uh, I think. Could be a pro after yes. this year. Jared yeah. Casey, very productive player. Trevor Cardell's had a great camp. I'm excited to see what he does tonight and this season. And think the, about what you've got behind that. Yeah, Jaden Ham, Tavita Noah's yep. a good blocker. Is kind yep. of about Will Huggins even. You know, so uh, I think that group is very, very deep. And I like the top end talent too. I'm going to go tight end. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the running backs. I mean, if Daniel Highshaw is healthy, you have got. Probably one of the top one-two combos of running backs, not only in the Big 12, but maybe nationally. I mean, what is that worth? That's worth so much at the college game level. Yeah. And to think that you've got a veteran like Dylan McDuffie who knows Lance Leipold's system from Buffalo that can come in and be that extra guy. Steven and Morrison gives you a sort of a lightning strike ability as well. Give me the running backs. Okay. I like it. All right, we, we uh, exhausted all our KU football superlatives, so we did it. We did it. Hey, good job, us. Uh, we're going to take a time out. More KU Missouri State preview. We're going to get to our uh, players to watch for, for both teams, offense, defense. We're going to give our predictions, final picks with the game, everything like that coming up. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're live at Big Mill. We just gave out our final KU football tickets. We just had a guy tickets. come by and answer a really hard yeah. question off the top. Off no the top. prep. He just it instantly. Boom. I mean, that was one of the most impressive displays of KU football trivia I've ever seen. That was. Almost as impressive as Skinnerd winning true. it all yeah, earlier today. That's true. Does that guy have a trophy? No. Who has a trophy? Skinner. Skinner's missed questions before. That guy's 1-0. He's undefeated. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the winning percentage goes with him. That could be true. Okay, so the, the news of the day, or I guess I don't even know if it's news. It's the rumors of the day around yeah. KU football are what's going to be the deal with Jalen Daniels. We heard from Lance Leipold throughout fall camp. There was kind of some... I don't know, vague answers that back were given. Tightness. Yeah, about back tightness. And, and then we got to this week, and he, he wasn't super committal in the answer, but he, he kind of led okay, you to believe he would be the starter. Yeah, yeah but, but he was kind of non-committal about it. And then there's some rumors popped up last night. I know Bryson Stricker was, was kind of talking about this on Twitter, that 
Uh, he's under the impression that, that Jalen Daniels is a no-go for today. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. There could be a lot of different directions this goes. I'm not ruling anything out. I'm just waiting and seeing on kickoff. We'll see what happens, whether it's Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels. But that's kind of the story of the day so far. And if, if Jason Bean ends up playing this game, I don't think it takes away from the fact it shouldn't. you should be able to win this game with Cole Ballard in their yes. quarterback. It's less about that. It's more about what does this mean long term, and clearly this would be something that bleeds into the regular season. That said, uh, for our KU Football Missouri State preview, uh, we're going to pick players to watch on both teams, offense, defense. We're going to pick an X factor for both ways, and then we're going to do our official game pick for the game with the spread, which I now saw on one book has it at 33 points. So it wow. keeps going up. It just keeps going up. For the KU numbers. Uh, I'll start things off with the KU offense. I'm going to go with whoever is in at quarterback. <laughs> if it's Jalen Daniels, I know That's that. Kind of a cop out of I know, I know it is, but I don't know who it's wow. going to be. Wow. If it's Jalen Daniels, you want to see. somebody else. Ah. <laughs> No, fine. I'm, I'll pick Jason Bean then. Okay, okay. There you I'll go. I'll pick Jason Bean. There because you go. Even Who's if Jerry Daniels is playing, it'll be interesting to see what the usage of J- Jason Bean is, right? It'll be interesting to see how they use him on the field. If he's not playing, though, then Jason Bean's the starter. And I want to see if he's improved from last year. Because last year he hit the highlight place. He was really good last year. He was the best backup quarterback in the Big 12. But there were still differences with him and Jalen Daniels. You think of some of the small misses that he would make a course uh, over the course of the game that maybe would cost you one extra touchdown or would maybe you know get you the difference of, of possibly winning the game. I'll go with Jason Bean. Who is your offensive player to watch? Offensive player to watch. I'm going to pick Daniel Hyshaw. He's coming off of that injury that he suffered last year, the end of the season. And I'm just curious to see what his form is. What kind of role is he going to have? Is he going to play a lot tonight, or are they going to? Are you going to save him a little bit more? But I'm excited to see what Daniel Highshaw brings because, like I just said in the previous segment, if you have a healthy Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw, that is arguably one of the best duos of running backs, not only in the Big 12 but nationally. I mean, you've got Devin Neal, who I think projects to be probably a pro player in the future, uh, who's a really quality running back. And Daniel Heischel showed a flash of what he could be last season. And if he reaches that potential this season, I really, really like KU's running backs. Devin, Daniel Heischel is the guy I'm going to watch tonight. Do you have anybody to watch on Missouri State's offense? I honestly don't, to okay. be honest with you. I mean, They've I, been a big I mean, enigma. All all people, I don't J- even know who their quarterback yeah, is. Jacardia Wright, well, it sounds like they're going to rotate, guys. Uh, Jacardia Wright, he's a former K-State running back, 711 rushing yards last year, over 4.5 yards per carry, nine rushing touchdowns. He's a good back, so uh, that should make it interesting for the KU linebackers and, and trying to wrap up. Switching over to the KU defense. Uh, I'm going to go with DJ Withers on this one. I... Really excited to see both him and Tommy Dunn, and I don't know which one of them is going to be starting, but both are going to play a big role. Both are going to play probably pretty similar snaps. Heard really good things about DJ Withers, how he finished fall camp. He's been a late riser. Redshirt sophomore comes in. This is the year that you're expecting him to have a big role on the team. I'm going to DJ Withers. Yeah, the defense is certainly where my interest is more focused based on this game. I'm going to look at Jamie Robinson here. What kind of game does he have to start a campaign that – Depending on who you ask, you know, this could be a make-or-break year for him. This could be a year where he is the bona fide leader of the defensive line, or maybe he's just, uh, uh, you know, just a regular guy. I'm watching Jamie Robinson tonight. If he's able to have a game similar to a la Lonnie Phelps last year, people are going to start jumping on that train. So I'm going to keep an eye on Jamie Robinson on the D-line. 
Okay, for what it's worth, if, if we're doing Missouri State, a couple guys that, that I would mention, Vaughn Young, he's the linebacker, was second on the team in tackles last season. He was all Missouri Valley Conference honorable mention a year ago. He's back. Uh, they also have a uh, good safety, all Missouri Valley Conference second pick in P.J. Hall, who's back. And they have a, a good defensive lineman. So they kind of got one good defender at, at each level of the field for Missouri State. But overall, you should be able to kind of overwhelm them. What is your X factor for KU in this game? So X-Factor player or just X-Factor in terms of... X-Factor can be a player, it can be a unit, it can be a position, it can be a uh, don't fumble the football, I don't know. That That is an underrated <laughs> X-Factor, not fumbling. It's an underrated X-Factor. Uh, man, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with the wide receiver room as the X-Factor. Maybe Lawrence Arnold specifically or Quint Skinner. You know, Jason Bean, if he is going to play a bigger role tonight, he's a guy that loves to throw the ball down the field. If Quentin Skinner or L.J. Arnold are making plays down the field, getting open on post routes, deep routes, Jason Bean is going to chuck it to him. He's going to give him a chance. So I'm curious to see that could be the X factor for KU offensively is do they get those big chunk plays with their receivers? Does Quentin Skinner get behind the Missouri State defense? Does Lawrence Arnold show off that contested catchability that he showed some last season? I'm looking at the receivers as being the X factor down the field. Something that needs to be better this year, and today's game won't, necessarily tell you if it is better uh but it can tell you if it's not it can tell you if it's bad if they make some mistakes if you drop a punt if you have some issues on special teams it'll tell you you have real issues there so just play clean today on special teams special teams to me is the x factor and a lot of times when you think about like fcs teams upsetting um fbs teams special teams plays a big factor yeah it could be that muff punt it could be giving up a kick return for a touchdown it could be the other team hitting some long field goals it could be you getting a field goal blocked it could be you having issues on that end of field so special teams to me is the x factor all right the uh the spread in this game officially on DraftKings, which you can use code klwn when you sign up 32 points 32 points kansas minus 32 the over under is 60 wow what are you taking well, if you recall, earlier in the day, I told you my original score prediction. Do you remember what it was? 52. 52 to 20. That's 32 points. <laughs> okay, so maybe I know ball. I don't know. I'm just saying. But uh, I'm very curious about that. Now, that was before I that was before I factored in the possibility of Jalen Daniels not playing as much or possibly being, being more Jason Bean. So, 52-20, I'm nervous to go with. I'm actually going to change my official pick. I'm going to go with Kansas. I think Missouri State covers 32, though. I'm going to go with Kansas 48, Missouri 20. So, I'll take the over, but I'll take Missouri State. So, I am actually going to go the under on this. I originally, when Jalen Daniels was a part of this, I was picking 41-17. to So, that's slightly under, and that would be Missouri State with the cover there. I think Missouri State's better than Tennessee Tech was last year. Uh, they've got a pretty good defense. Defensive coordinators now their head coach. I think they'll be good enough defensively to keep Kansas down in check, especially with, with if Jason Bean is in for Jalen Daniels. That, to me, is enough to knock it down to where I'm thinking like 34 points for KU. So, I'll take a touchdown off. We'll go KU 34, Missouri State 17. So, I'm going to take the under i'm going to take missouri state with the points but kansas to win yeah so we're both in agreement on missouri state at 32 is a lot of points it's a lot of points. i mean even if it's you know even if it was kansas versus rhode island from 2018 would okay. you have picked rhode island would you last year minus 32 KU tennessee tech last year was 31 tennessee was tech high? is it was the yeah, i was that high uh, tennessee tech is a lot worse than missouri state is Agreed. i think yeah right so that and that feels like it's a little bit of a high number for me now you obviously ended up covering against tennessee tech so maybe that's a good sign it wouldn't shock me if they covered I honestly if, i, I if, agree with lee sterling on this one i'm not touching it 
it's too high of a number. I don't want to touch it either way. I don't yeah. feel great about it, but yeah. I have already placed my wager on the over, so ride with me if you dare. Because sometimes on this stuff, I'm wrong, but I think I'm right here. I'm going with the over. I just feel like I, Kansas' defense is not that good. I think Missouri State probably scores at least twice, so give them 14. So at that point, you need the KU offense to score, what, 42, and you'd hit the over? Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Would you rather Kansas win today 21 to 0, or would you rather them win 56 to 24? 56 to 24. Well, it's more points, and it's a wider margin, but wouldn't you feel better about the defense, which is our biggest question, if it was 21 0? But I want to celebrate KU scoring okay. more. <laughs> You want to have more fun? No, there's nothing wrong with that. Just asking the question. All right, that's going to do it for us here today for uh, Rock Chalk Sports Talk and our show at Big Mail. Thank you to David back in the studio. Thank you to Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Thank you to all our guests from today. Kent Swanson, Lee Sterling joining us on RCST Football Trivia. All our contestants, including our champion today with Skinner taking down Blake. Shout and, out Skinner, uh, bro. We got Crimson and Blue Show coverage coming up next for the first time of this school year. That's going to take over from 5.30 till 7 o'clock. Kickoff at 7 o'clock between the Jayhawks and the Bears. Here, right here on your original home for the Hawks, KLWN, KLWN.com, or the KLWN app. You can also hear the game on our sister station, 1059KISS, 1059KISS.com, and the 1059KISS app. And if you're looking for Lawrence High football tonight, look to our other sister station, 92.9 The Ball, Bull929.com. We'll have the Lawrence High game against Olathe South. Sam Speck, Matt Llewellyn will be on the call of that one. The Free State game last night was a a great game. 47-29 victory for Free State. So Free State starts to see with a win. Hopefully, Lawrence High can start with a win as well. That's right. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a uh, break in the action here and head into Crimson and Blue Show coverage. It's been a fun one at Big Mail. We will be here before every home football game. That means next Friday for the Illinois game which will be at uh, 6.30. We're going to be here from 3 to 5 o'clock for our show. Kiss Crew is still going to be here a little bit longer, but we are out of our NASCAR and KU football tickets here at Big Mail. Stop by Big Mail whenever. They have great food, great drink. You can stop before the game for your hunger needs. You can stop after the game and reminisce about what happened in the game. And uh, stop by Big Mail just whenever throughout the week, even when we're not here. All right, this has been Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it.